Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 206. Today, we have a topic that I have not discussed at all in 200 plus episodes. Today, we're talking all about universal design for learning. Commonly known as UDL, it is an educational framework that is being used in one school in Columbus, Indiana, so successfully. And I've got a great guest from that school on today to talk all about how it's been planned, how it's been brought out in her coaching groups, and most importantly, what a coaching cycle and what a coaching conversation looks like. You don't want to miss this today. I want to say thank you for taking the time to make this show part of your professional week. We, of course, release Ask the Tech Coach every single Monday, but for the last few weeks, we've been doing a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show to get out a bunch of great content from the ISTE conference. So check it out. We've been doing shows on frameworks on leadership on data on marketing on newsletters we have had a lot of great topics covered over the last few weeks and i'm so thrilled that our instructional coaches network up on facebook just passed 800 plus instructional coaches and leaders Thank you guys for coming on the journey, and I hope that you guys are taking advantage of everything. If not, head on over to that Facebook group, ask a question, poke around, leave a comment. Would love to have you guys as part of the TeacherCast Instructional Coaches Network. My guest today is the Assistant Director of Educational Technology for a great school district in Columbus, Indiana. She's also an amazing educator and recently was a presenter at the ISTE conference. I want to bring on today Ms. Brenny Coomer. Brenny, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have you here. We're talking about a great subject. First of all, how was ISTE? How was your summer? Oh my gosh, ISTE was fantastic. Uh, it was amazing being in New Orleans and eating all the beignets, but then just connecting with educators again, just the energy of a conference. It refreshes you even more than what you imagine it would. I, I feel still so energized from being there and learning so much and seeing old friends. And you said this was your first time physically presenting at ISTE. Yes, it was my first time being at ISTE in person. I've done the kind of virtual route the last few years, which was still phenomenal. But I, it was the first time being able to really go and see the vendor hall and all the amazing things there. Go and see some ed tech heroes that I've kind of been following for years in person. And it was just great to also really actually connect with people I've met virtually in person for the first time. Who did you see that was on your bucket list? Um, well, I've seen him a couple times before, but it's always great seeing Ken Shelton present. He's fantastic. I just feel like every time I see him present, he does something different and I learn something new. But I also loved Holly Clark's sessions and then also Dean Lanier's session. He did one that was for coaches that was fantastic. And I loved every bit of that. And I walked away with some ready to use strategies with teachers in my district. Talk to us a little bit about some of the work that you're doing. How do you fit into the instructional coaching world in your particular position? 
Yeah, so I I wear a lot of different hats in my role, but the one that I definitely get the most excited about probably is supporting teachers and being able to coach them and show them how to use technology. And in my district, I am really the one sole person that's a, a tech coach in that sense. We have instructional coaches, but I do a lot of supporting teachers with technology. And a big piece of that is in our district, we use Universal Design for Learning or UDL is our guiding framework. It really informs all of our decisions from what textbook resources we adopt to what software we buy to what hardware technology we mount on the wall. So my, a big part of my responsibilities and something that I get a lot of excitement about is showing teachers how using technology can further universal design for learning and create more inclusive, accessible learning environments. Let's break this down. I'm excited about this topic. And for those who are completely unfamiliar with UDL, I'm raising my hand. Um, what is it again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. So I'm going to start off by making an analogy because uh, that, that was the first way it was explained to me and it really helped me. So if you've ever been outside before and you've noticed curb cutouts on sidewalks or you've gone to a store and they have automatic doors that open, those are all examples of universal design and architecture. And universal design for learning is kind of taking some of those concepts but putting it in a learning environment. So Universal Design for Learning, or UDL is what you'll hear it called a lot, was based off of brain science research at Harvard by a group of researchers and educators. And their idea was if we design for all of the needs in our learning environment and all of the students who might enter our classroom someday, then we all benefit from that. You might not be someone who is in a wheelchair and necessarily needs to use the automatic doors or the curb cutouts, but they're there and you benefit from them being designed that way. So the idea with universal design for learning is thinking about all the diversity that our students have and what they might potentially bring and trying to design for that. And a big key part of UDL is providing options and accessible design so that you're trying to make it accessible proactively. It's just that simple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's your yell in a nutshell. Now there's definitely, you could do lots of more digging in, but that's the, the quick way that was first kind of tapped my interest in it. I'm like, okay, I think I know what that means. Let's talk a little bit about how, how you bring this in. We, we recently did a show on, on instructional frameworks and, and I asked the question I'm going to ask you here when you're working inside of a framework, when you're trying to put something like this together, how do you craft it? How do you create it? And then we can hit this in a second question, but then how do you implement it? How do you push it out? So let's talk a little bit about, you know, clearly this is something your district is doing. Leadership has it. Is it part of a strategic plan? What's the planning phase look like? Yeah. Uh, so that's a really good question. Um, I think first and foremost, if you're if you're new to this or if you're wondering how do I get something like this going in my district, I would recommend going to cast cast.org. That is where that's really the home of Universal Design for Learning. If you Google UDL, that's going to be the first thing that pops up, which is great because they have there's a whole set of guidelines and specific terminology that really gives you some ideas of what UDL can look like or what, what it might resemble in a learning environment. So I think that's a good, helpful piece. And that's really where we direct a lot of our new teachers in our district and those who are new, just so they get a sense of, okay, you talked about the curb cutouts, um, you talked about giving options in learning environment, but what does that actually mean? And it gives you examples of what you can do in your learning environment to implement that. So 
options in terms of getting students excited, motivated to learn, like giving them choice, options in how content is presented to them. So not just video, but giving some text or audio options, and then giving options and how students can show their understanding or just some of the, the obvious examples from UDL. But for, for our district, we've been doing UDL for about, I think it's 11 years now. Um, so that's that's exciting for us and we're constantly evolving, but obviously administrator buy-in was a key piece, but getting things going off the ground was visiting that website and then also modeling it and all of the training and professional development that we give to our staff from the top down in our district. Let's move that for a few seconds here because I wanted to focus on what you just said as far as getting administrator buy-in. Um, where does your superintendent fall on this? Is he pro UD he or she pro UDL? Um, are they pushing it, or is this something that's coming from your? I'll call it the digital learning department, but whatever you call that, is that being pushed up to then come down? Where where who's the guiding force behind all of this? Because this sounds like it's a massive undertaking for you. It is. Talk to me it about is. the head of the monster. Yeah. So, I mean, right now it really, originally it was our special education director okay. that brought it in and he met with the superintendent at the time, as well as the curriculum directors for elementary and secondary and said, Hey, this is an instructional framework. I think we need to have something district wide. Why not this? And kind of show them this supports all of our students, no matter what grade level we're talking about, because he was meeting with you know, the heads of all the different departments and age groups. And that really was the big selling point. And then from there, it was our entire cabinet that kind of pushed down the message that this is what we're going to do. So initially it was working with teams. There was like basically a UDL team in each one of our school buildings that had an administrator on it, but also some teachers from different grade levels and content areas. And they kind of worked to communicate that message. And then it evolved into us having instructional coaches that were really focused on training teachers on universal design for learning in conjunction with their administrator at their building. Um, and since then, it's just been a core part of what we do. Uh, I feel very thankful that that's been all I've known in my district. Uh, but from, from my role in technology and kind of coaching teachers, our, we're evaluated in my district on our implementation our implementation of UDL. It's a big part of our evaluation rubric across the board for those who are bus drivers all the way to the superintendent. Everyone is evaluated on UDL. So I think the administrators and really that superintendent and that group of cabinet saying this is going to be what we're going to do and that just continuing to do that has helped everyone buy in and understand that this is important and it supports all of our students. I'm so glad that you just put it that way. One of the things that we focus on a lot is the fact that if you're going to have a movement, the movement has to start from the top. And we talk a lot about the video of the guy dancing on the hill and he's got, you know, the one guy dances and the next guy dances, the next guy dances. And then you start to have followers and second followers and then you have movement with things. And I, I'm, that's why I wanted to start with this topic, because when you're putting in a plan, you have to make sure that the leadership is on board. And I would assume at this point, you've been doing this for a while. Um, if you want to be an administrator in the district, you have to have a background in this, or you have to be willing to be trained in this. Like this is now building culture in the district. Am I close on that? Oh yes. I would say UDL is our culture in my district for sure. For sure. Now talk to us a little bit about the transfer of, 
what's the vision and the administrators to the coaching role? I, I, we'll, we'll save the teachers for a second. Like we'll take P- PD in a moment here, but your coaches are now living this. Your, your coaches are now evaluated by this. Your coaches are now figuring out how their role fits in the district based on this. What does that look like? What do the meetings look like? Training? Give us the coach's point of view on that. Yeah, uh, I would say a key part of what our, our coaches do in in supporting the vision of universal design for learning in our district is trying to model UDL as often as they can and almost any interaction they have with the people that they support. And I think that's been a very key point in helping our teachers understand what UDL looks like when it gets to them, but also showing our administrators what it looks like too, because you know our, our administrators deliver professional development from time to time, but it's, it's a lot of our instructional coaches that are doing that on the regular, because that's a key part of their job. So for them, it's giving professional development to their staff in different formats. So uh, UDL is a lot about giving options. And the idea is that by giving options, you're going to create something that's more accessible for everyone, right? If I am someone who, who struggles with tutorial videos and maybe like a video type of training is not my jam, I just struggle to keep up or it's just not engaging for me, then maybe an in-person option is a, is a, better, is a better choice for me. So for our instructional coaches, they try to give options in the modality of their training for teachers. Um, but also in the materials they give teachers. So it's about creating flexible options. So anything from in-person, quick PDs to uh, lengthier faculty meetings to quick newsletters so that people have different access points and they can find the one that's best for them. Let's break down your district. How many K to 12, I assume? Yes. How How many buildings? What's the breakdown of just physical buildings? We have 18 buildings. And uh, one high school, many, what do you have? What's the, we have, so we have three high schools and we have one adult alternative education center where some of our high school students go as well. And how many instructional coaches cover 18 buildings? There are nine of them. So they're, they're about split. Some of them have two buildings. Most of them have two buildings. How do they function as a group? We, we just also did a, a show coming up on building capacity and, and allowing your coaches to work together, grow, create. Maybe, you know, I'll do this PD that you're going to give, but you're also working on a PD that I'm going to give. How does that team work together? What does that look like? We talk all the time, me included with them, because I'm kind of this tech coach. Uh, I'm kind of this tech coach in the mix of these instructional coaches. So we every month we have a meeting. Um, it's usually on a Friday because that's usually when we block off a bunch of times. There's not as many meetings that are happening on a Friday morning. So that's when we all get together. And during those meetings, we we do a little bit of idea sharing, like what's going well. Um, we do a little bit of connecting, like fun stories about each other so we can kind of befriend and get to know each other better. Because And again, modeling UDL is knowing personal tidbits about people, what gets them excited. Uh, and then a lot of it is a lot of communication over Messenger, we use Google Chat in my district to share ideas and resources quite a bit. And we have a shared Google Drive where we put a lot of our PD resources. So 
if a teacher or uh, not a teacher, but if a coach is wanting to do a lunch, laptop lunch is what we usually call them. And they're like, hey, Brenny, I think I'm going to do one over our learning management system or Google tools. This is what our teachers have asked for in the building. Do you have anything made already? Um, and I'll add it to that folder and then I'll connect with them and say, do you want me to come in and we can tag team this together? And that that goes on across the buildings. I'm not involved in every single one of those, but it's a lot of sharing and connecting virtually, but also that that Google Drive that we have that has everything we've all made is a lifeline for all of us because it just saves time. When your coaches are scheduling themselves, uh, what is your application? Is it just Google Calendar? You're using the appointment slots? How do you how do your coaches stay interacting with their teachers and make sure that their calendars are full? We use Google Calendar. Um, that's been something that's been fairly new for our district is using that pretty heavily. That's been something I've been trying to push to people because we had a we had a lot of different people using different tools, which everyone was using what they preferred, but then it got really messy when no one's calendars were talking to each other. So we have moved <laughs> to using that just for maintaining all of our sanity. Um, but we also, all of our instructional coaches have a Google form that teachers fill out that says, hey, this is a request for coaching. Um, and that sends, they have it set up to where they get form notifications. So they get an email. Um, and then if it's a tech request, there's a field on there where they click the box and then I get that notification too. So I can see if it's one that I need to step in and help as well. And when it comes to the beginning of the school year, um, what strategies does your district use to get their coaches interacting with teachers, get them involved. Um, I've been asking a lot of people on the show recently, like, how do you introduce yourself? What does that process look like? Do you say, hi, my name is Brenny and I'm going to, you know, UDL you today. Like what's, what does that introduction look like for you? Yeah. Some of it is, um, at district level events, and then some of it's happening at the the smaller building level pieces. So we have new teacher orientation, and that's a week long. Uh, and a big part of that is the first day is when they're kind of meeting all of their peers and um, this purely for new hires, but all of our UDL facilitators stop by during that and they introduce themselves. And then whenever I go up as someone from technology as well, and I talk about here's some of the different systems we're going to be using, I want you to practice logging in. One of the key things I show them is the form where they can request to connect with their instructional coach. And I say, hey, log in, send a message to this, let your, your coach know, hey, I'm here, I'm a new hire. So you're already learning how to make that connection and reach out for help. And then after that, uh, we have a summer UDL conference that our instructional coaches do a lot of presenting at. And it's, it's not required, but it's really encouraged for all of our teachers to go. And we have a really good turnout for that every year. I think we have over 200 teachers who have registered for it this mm. year. All of our instructional coaches present then. Um, some of them even present with teachers from their buildings. So that's another way to say, hey, I'm here. All of our new hires are required to go to that as a part of their onboarding. Um, and then at the building level, the the first first day, first teacher work day, um, I think a lot of districts probably do this, but there's almost like that welcome brunch breakfast thing where a principal comes up and says, hey, everyone, like, Excited for a new school year. Facilitators also, sorry, they're called facilitators, not necessarily <laughs> coaches in my district. Um, but the instructional coaches slash facilitators will go up there and introduce themselves then. And then they always send out an email about two weeks into the school year once the dust has settled a little bit that is like a little infographic that has their picture, their email, things they can help you with is another way of connecting. 
So you've got a system in the administration. You've brought it out and flushed it out with all of your instructional coaches. Now it's time to be training what's going on in the classroom. Does that happen on big level events? Does that happen on department levels, one-to-ones? At what point do you get everybody together and say, or do you say, this is UDL? Or you're just going, hey, this is their coaching platform. This is what we're doing. What does that look like to transfer the skills down? Kind of all of the above <laughs> for what you just said. Uh, we And I think that, I mean, that's staying true to the spirit of UDL is different access points. So everyone gets what they need in the format that they need. So we do district level events. Um, we have the UDL summer conference every year. So that's a bigger district event. Anyone and everyone is welcome to attend that. So that's a really good way to kind of teach our staff about what are core principles of UDL, what does this look like in different grade level and content areas, because um, we have a variety of presenters from different school buildings within our district, but also some people we bring out externally that are known to be experts in the UDL world. So that's more of our district level pieces. I do some district level stuff as well in my role. Um, I do a lot of district workshops, which are about an hour after school, I do those. And then I also do lunch and learns every now and then as well. And anyone and everyone can attend those. Um, and those are sometimes in person, sometimes sometimes virtual. I kind of do a blend because you catch different people with different mm -hmm. formats. Um, and teachers like having that flexibility. And then for our coaches, they do a lot of building level work too. They do lunch and learns, and then they always have a standing chunk of time at monthly faculty meetings. What, what do those teacher interactions look like? Is it more of coaching-led models, or is it more, I mean, do you have a lot of teachers that are like, look, I need help. Let's, you know, I'm, it's the pull you push me question, I guess. Like, how much is yeah. the coaches bringing themselves to you, and how much are the teachers are like, look, look, look I got to learn this. We got to do this. Help me. I say it's a blend. So the the form where they can fill out a request to have support from their coach, that is definitely the, hey, I need your help here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need help with this lesson or something's not working. How can we UDLify this? So maybe I retour my students or I, I remove this instructional barrier that's making things inaccessible to my students. So there's that. But then also every year we, we focus on how can we as a district we focus on how can we take UDL a step further. So usually there's a district level message. Um, like this last school year, we had so many new hires in our district that it was back to UDL basics. So from the top down principals to coaches, it was leading some general, what does UDL look like training across the district? And instructional coaches kind of honed in on one of those subtopics every month so that was a little bit of these are things that the district is saying you you need to know this you need to be able to do this but then there was still the option for teachers to reach out as a lifeline and kind of have that help and support I, i'm so glad you just said that you know you, you basically said there are times where we have to reset the stage and, and you know all, all school districts are like that they're moving they're moving they're moving and you realize after a year or two you're just pulling amoebas. You're not actually building a platform because you do have all these people's moving, shifting around. I, I want to see if we can do maybe a little role playing on here because I, I, I want to pick up on some of these words. I want to make sure I'm understanding this. I want to make sure our audience is understanding this. If you're listening and you have any questions, all of the links are going to be on our show notes over at episode 206. We're definitely going to be talking about this over in the Instructional Coaches Network on our Facebook group and on our LinkedIn group, which... Brenny, of course, will be invited and will be helping out with all of that stuff. 
you're talking about learner goals. Give me an example. Pretend I'm your teacher. You're my coach. What is a learner goal that I can have? And then let's figure out how to overcome some of those learner goals. Give me an example of a learner goal. So a learner goal could be um, students will be able to oh, hold on a second. Let me sure clarify. When you're saying you're a learner, you mean like you're a teacher learner? I'm your teacher. You're my okay. coach. And you come and say, I'm here. Let's work together. And I'm going to say, I want my students to be able to use video in the classroom. Okay. That's a, that's a learner goal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So help, yeah. help, help me through the process. How does UDL help me get my students to learn more about using video in the classroom? Okay. Um, so if you were a learner and you were wanting to learn how to use video in the classroom, UDL would consider, well, first of all, actually, I would probably change that learner goal Okay. from a UDL standpoint. I'm going to sure. twist this a little bit on you, I guess. Ooh, live um, podcast coaching. This is going to be great. Let's do this. <laughs> I guess. So if, if your goal is that you want to learn how to you know, develop video production skills or support your students in that, then initially I would say, all right, that is a skills goal. So you're trying to teach video skills. So then UDL would think, all right, so that's going to be not necessarily a choice. They're going to learn those video skills. Maybe they have choice and topic. So I would, I would consider as the coach, I would tell you as the teacher, make sure that you're giving your students flexible options in the topic because you're, okay. you're narrowing down that activity they're going to be doing, which is video. Maybe you give them different tools to make the video which that's another way of implementing UDL is giving some options at that extent. Um, but I would say, I guess I wouldn't necessarily rephrase your goal, but I would be very cognizant of not putting the means into your goal as well. So as a teacher, do I come to you and say, I need help learning video? Or do I come to you and say, uh, my kids are learning about Mesopotamia next week? how do we do Mesopotamia through video? Like what, how do you train your teachers to know what to ask your coaches? Maybe we yeah. can ask it that way. Okay. Yeah. So I would say that we train our teachers to say, I might be, I have, my students are struggling with this, or I'm teaching them a Mesopotamia unit next week. How do I make this exciting for my students? Maybe I, as a teacher, I love teaching about Mesopotamia, but I want to make sure my students are as excited about that too. So that's kind of the way that we, we teach our teachers is think about what, what are you planning ahead? Um, what barriers have you experienced? If you know you're a veteran teacher or you've been here for a few years, what are some areas you want to improve? Um, or maybe you're just looking for some fresh ideas as well. Or if you're a new teacher, like, I don't know how I should teach Mesopotamia or what type of project I should give my students. What ideas do you have? How can I make sure that the project options are supporting UDL? And that's when I would step in or our other instructional coaches would step in and say, all right, so you're, you're wanting to teach your students about Mesopotamia. There's a lot of different ways that one, you can teach that and two, that they could show their understanding. Now let's look at the UDL guidelines and think about what are some different options you wanna give your students on both of those fronts in terms of how you teach it and then how they show their understanding. Let me stop you there. That's actually where I wanted to get you. Okay. You said, let me pull out the UDL guidelines. That scares me. That means like I'm trying <laughs> to get a vulnerable conversation with a teacher. They finally said, help me. And I'm pulling out my pie charts. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm being silly about it that way. But I mean, do you really pull out the UDL framework in front of some teacher or you have it in your head and you're just kind of 
verbally guiding them through the coaching process. Like, talk to me a little bit about that step right there. I have them all memorized at this point, so I wouldn't necessarily in my 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 supervisor would like laugh if he heard me saying that because he always says you could probably rattle off what checkpoint number this and that is, and I'm like yes, but I but could. that's okay. Like, we all have we we all have Samurai model in the back of our head. Like we like I, I totally get this. I, I it's the transfer of knowledge is where I'm really struggling of how do you do this and and so many it's like all right, walk us through that. I, I might pull out the guidelines, but when I pull it out, there's there's versions of the guidelines that I definitely think are scary because there's so many words. The vocabulary can be a little tricky. I, I remember when I was a I was student teaching in my district and uh, I met with my instructional coach at the time and I said, all right, like, I want to learn more about what UDL is. And she pulled out the guidelines and it was a different version than what I had seen everywhere else. She had simplified the language to where it was more of a graphic organizer for me to take notes Mm -hmm. as she verbally explained it. And that honestly opened the doors for me. And I was totally into UDL and understood like, oh, I get this now. It's not matching every single one of these words and doing every single one of those every single day, every lesson, because that became very overwhelming initially. So I try to take that mentality. And I think our coaches do when they meet with teachers, no matter where they are in their years of experience is they keep that definitely pulled up in their mind when they talk with them. And then we share kind of a more scaled down version of the guidelines for a planning purposes. And it's just that easy. Yeah. Well, yes, yes and no. Um, I think a big part of it is showing teachers examples too. Um, so I think it's helpful that when you're, you pull out that kind of graphic organizer note sheet, I mean, you're modeling UDL right there because you're giving a type of scaffolding with it. And then giving them ideas of, okay, if we're thinking about the different ways that you can teach Mesopotamia, which I'm glad you said that example, I was a seventh grade social studies teacher and that was my content. So like I have all of these ones that were just popping into my head as soon as you said that. Um, So if I was teaching, if that was my question is how can I teach this, maybe list some of those different ways. So, you know, uh, you can start brainstorming, but some examples that come to my mind are what are some different videos that you can use for this? What are some different slideshow presentations that maybe you've developed or you find elsewhere? Are there podcasts on Mesopotamia that would get the kids excited? Um, Are there different ways that you plan on chunking this content? And we can find resources that kind of align with those different smaller chunks. And then to answer the part about, you know, what projects could I have my students do to show their understanding of this? That one is more trimming it down to where it's not necessarily a smorgasbord of options. There's there's a lot of research out there about having too many choices lead you to decision fatigue and, and can be crippling after a mm-hmm. while because you just feel overwhelmed by the ones that are out there. So when we we coach teachers on, you know, you want to give your students options, but not every option under the sun that you could possibly come up with. I mean, that's going to be exhausting for you as the teacher and it's going to be overwhelming for your students. So try to come up with three to four and make sure that, you know, the options that you give are ones that truly support mastery of that goal. So if my goal was to explain the significance of Mesopotamia, then what are some different ways that students can do that? And video is definitely an option. They could also do that in writing. They could also do that through um, a podcast or an oral presentation. So those are just a couple of options right there. And they're more accessible than saying every single student's going to take a test or every single student's going to write a paper. If you're looking for more information about this, 
please do me a favor and head on over to Ask the Tech Coach episode 206. We have a lot of links um, that Brandy was able to put in here. Our show notes are very compact. There's also three great links. One of them happens to be to a HyperDoc um, that's got a lot of amazing things in there. But there's also a link to your to your ISTE presentation, which... You know, I think we'll talk about this a little after, but I, I would love to do something for the instructional coaching community where let's let's just do a UDL night. I know I'm putting you on the spot live I on purpose, but let's figure out how we can come up with some way to show this because there's a lot of things here that honestly I would love to do visually. Yes. Rather than yes. an audio show. I think that that builds the format up there. And yes, I know we're planning live on the podcast, but if you're interested in that, please reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. I would love to learn more about this and maybe we can come up with a night where we can all get together and share a little bit about this. Brenny, what is the future for UDL in your district? If you were going to say it's September, we're installing the offense. <laughs> By the time March, April, May comes around, what do you hope your teachers know through all of your training that you've done throughout the year? I would hope they know a couple of things. I would hope that they know the, the three main guiding parts of UDL, which are those options for engagement, options for representation, and options for action and expression. So those different areas where you can give choice. But I would say even before that, I would really want our, our staff and our students to know that UDL is beneficial for everyone. It's not just a special education thing, which it gets lumped into that category a lot. Um, but if you're really doing universal design for learning, it's benefiting all of the students in your classroom every day. And ultimately it's about removing barriers and fostering inclusion so everyone can be successful. And that's ultimately what we're all trying to do in education in the first place. So those are, those are the things that I would say I would want our, our staff and our teachers to know. You know what? I think we'll put a pin in there because I don't know how I can come back and say something better than that. It is, a, <laughs> it is a good spot right there. I would love to do a part two on this. Brenny, where do people find out more information about you? Feel free to plug your website, social media, et cetera. Okay. Uh, I'm on Twitter probably the most. So if you uh, have a Twitter, you can follow me. It is at Brenny and it's B-R-E-N-N-Y underscore Coomer, K-U-M-M-E-R. I share a lot of my resources there, but I also retweet a lot of stuff that I find from other people, especially UDL rock stars. And then I also have a blog and my YouTube is also on my blog. So if you get there, you should be set. But my blog is freshbcsetech.blogspot.com. So that is where I also share quite a bit of technology resources through a UDL lens. And you just mentioned things like UDL rock stars. Are, are there specific hashtags? And we can put this on our show notes, but is there any specific hashtags or other people in the space that we can look out for? Oh, yes. There are so many. Um, I would use just the hashtag UDL is one. There is a monthly UDL chat on Twitter. It's hashtag UDL chat. And they might be taking a break. I usually think they do in July because of just back to school and some of that craziness. But that is a great way to find even more people. Um, but if there's a couple of people I would tell you to follow, Katie Novak on Twitter. She is amazing. She has several books that she's written. Uh, she's where I have learned a lot about UDL myself. And she's just one of those personalities that's just so infectious. She's amazing to see present. Uh, and then I would also say to follow CAST, C-A-S-T, which is the organization that developed UDL. Um, and they put a lot of research out there as well. 
Benny, thank you so much for joining us today. This has opened up a lot of ideas, thoughts, hopefully future shows. And and again, if you're out there listening, we would love to get your feedback on all of this stuff and how we can support uh, you know these different educational frameworks. Brenny, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. This has been amazing. If you like this show, don't forget to reach out over on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Head on over to askthetechcoach.com. We, of course, have a great professional learning resource. We have a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, and now we've got one on k12leaders.com. So no matter where you're kind of getting your professional learning from, we have an instructional coaches network for you. And I hope you have a chance to have a great summer if you're not already back in school. And that wraps up episode number 206 of Ask the Tech Coach on behalf of Brenny and everybody here on TeacherCast. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.